Good evening, everyone. Hello. Hi. On the side there. Wandile again. It's always us who's connecting, like, in terms of things. Like, she comes to the best life group in the world, which is ours. Brad might compete, but... <laughs> join a life group. If anybody is looking for a space to uh, get involved, please join a life group. Really, really awesome. Get to know a bunch of people. Um, yeah, tonight... Forgive me if my message may seem a little bit all over the place. Pretty much, the sermon was lived out through everything leading up to now. <laughs> through the prophetic, through um, what was happening during worship, through everything. So I kind of feel like I can dismiss you guys because pretty much the sermon has already been preached. Um, but I trust that the Lord will just lay a couple of things on our hearts as we go and uh, just speak through uh, a couple of other things here. Um, so yeah, let us just quickly pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for all that you are doing through this, this faith promise initiative. Lord, that you are reaching to the nations, that you are providing, that your hand is stretched out. And Lord, we have the opportunity to partner with you in what you are doing. I thank you for that, Lord. Lord, and we just as we come here tonight, I pray that the words that come from my mouth will not be my own, but that of yours, that of your heart. I pray that every heart would be open to receive what it is that you want to give to us here tonight. And I pray, Lord, that it won't be a thing of, of just waiting, but, but actually doing what you say. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray this in your mighty name. Amen. 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 All right. So, as I said, <laughs> the message is a little bit all over tonight. But I want to start with something interesting. I, I work here at the church, so with Dave on the team and a few others. And I also teach at a school. And I've been teaching now for about three, three or four years. And a couple of years ago, I gave my students in the one class, because uh, I teach Bible, so I gave them the amazing task of presenting a sermon. So they had a few weeks to prepare, and I think it was, it was grade eights or grade sevens at that time. And anyway, so then, you know, through the week, and it's funny how you know when you're in school and the teacher asks you to fill out which day you would like to present? How it fills out from the last date of the last slot? Yeah, that still happens like religiously. It filled up from the back. So anyway, this one girl, it was her time to preach. And I called her up and she came to me and she said, Sir, can we just quickly go outside and chat? I was like, Okay. You know, maybe you want to present something different or whatever. And she said to me that evening, I mean that morning, school in the morning. <laughs> she said to me, sir, I can't do this. I can't present this sermon. I asked, okay, why? Is there a specific reason? And she said, because I'm not a Christian. And so initially I'm like, whoa, okay. Well, thank you for your honesty. I appreciate that. That's amazing. I mean, your, your integrity is phenomenal because you know, what she said was, if I were to present it, I would be a hypocrite. So I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty impressive, very mature. 
or a grade 8 girl, you're, you're not going to present, don't stress, don't worry about it. And um, yeah, I just kind of, next person, carried on. And last week I had the, the opportunity to teach that class. I had to substitute for them, we were replaced with another teacher. And this year it was discipleship, so I gave the discipleship lesson and we went on and talked and everything, class discussion. And at the end of the lesson, she came and she popped over to me. And she just wanted to chat. So I'm like, okay. And it's weird because I literally, the other day, I had a thought of her. I didn't know why. I was just like, okay, I wonder how she's doing, where she is. Maybe, maybe the Lord's taken her one step along. And what she shared to me, you know, nearly it, it brought something, such a peace to my heart. Because what she said was probably about five days before that, that she had given her life to the Lord. And, and I think it may have been in this auditorium where they did chapel. And she said she's an all-out kind of person. She's not going to do it half-heartedly. And so this was the moment where she realized where she really believed. And from that, there's a change. And yes, you know, it's the beginning of a journey and she started there. But I had just such a, a peace and joy in my heart. And the conversation that we could have was just something so exciting to see. What does your life look like moving forward? And, and it, it, maybe she had a few ideas about how Christianity looks that may have not been, you know, biblically correct. But isn't that where we all start? We start somewhere. Man, God takes us in our mess and turns that into a message. He shapes our life, but it's all got to start somewhere. And sometimes we forget where we came from. And that's something that we can never afford to do. Because what about the people around us? What about people who haven't yet met Jesus? Who haven't reached that point of salvation? God isn't always just going to magically appear to them in a vision and say, repent, and now suddenly this person wakes up and, I'm a Christian, yes! No, not quite. Maybe some people, I'd still love to meet them, but not always. No. We are the body of Christ. Everyone here. And it's so amazing that that illustration that Gideon did, because it's our responsibility to walk with Jesus in that space, to go and reach Mongi, and to just say, you know what? God loves you, man. And to hear her story and to talk with her. To share God's heart for her. Maybe, maybe the Lord would give you a prophetic word. Reveal something to her that she may need in the season of her life. But we need to get to a point where we just say, you know what, Lord, here I am. Send me. And every day when I wake up, I'm excited to go on God's adventure. Because it's not just, oh, going to work. We'll see what happens. Drive the same old route, same old things, same old coffee. No, that never gets old, hey? If you want to speak to somebody about coffee, this is the man to speak to, Pastor Ian, but I'll just leave it at that. So he will be here to pray for you afterwards. <laughs> and, and it's exactly that. Is every single day, God's adventure is waiting for you. And all he wants is a willing heart to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to do this. And, I, and, and let's just be honest. Sometimes we say it with a bit of a heavy heart. 
Oh, yes, Lord, okay, I'll go do it. Should I speak to Luke? Oh, all right. Hi, Luke. How's it? Yeah, you know, like God is cool and stuff. You should totally meet him sometime. Like, oh, have a great day, bro. Okay, I know this is an extreme, but come now. Like it's an adventure every single day. God's transformational gospel wanting to work and flow through you has the potential to change the world. Do we realize that? We don't. Sometimes we just think, oh, it's just another day. No. What if what God wants to do through you tomorrow may change the future? Think about that carefully because it makes you realize the mission that we have. And we can't take it lightly. That's what I love when that girl said to me, I'm an all-in kind of person. So I know that God is going to work radically through her. Because it's not about this, oh, I'm just going to see how it goes. Oh, Naka man, go and pray for you. Sweet. No. Let's be radical. Come on. What is stopping us? I had a picture, man, of, of, of statues. And I feel like a lot of us are in that place in our life where we stand as statues and we're just kind of frozen there, paralyzed by fear. It's like, Lord, you want me to go and do that? Oh, okay, now I'm just going to stay here. Is that okay? Maybe I'll just... No. Come on. Man, God wants to break that thing. No longer slaves to fear. Your tomorrow may be somebody else's forever. I'll say it again. Your tomorrow may be somebody else's forever. And it may be just the seed that you plant. We may not see salvations on a daily basis, but every interaction is an opportunity to plant a seed. And if we don't realize what the mission is, then we're going to miss it. And I look across this audience and I think, what an amazing opportunity everyone has. Often we disqualify ourselves. Think, oh, no, I can't do that. Says who? Empowered by the Holy Spirit? Not on my clock, I'm going. And sometimes we just need to have our faith stirred. To say this is what it is. We're going. And to no longer just wait and sit around and, you know, maybe, maybe sometimes the kingdom will come there eventually. Like maybe tomorrow or... No, every day is an opportunity to build, to see the kingdom come where God has placed you. Because he doesn't make mistakes. He puts you there for a purpose. And we need to realize that. I think sometimes we forget. We, we get stuck in our own things of just doing the days. And we forget the sacrifice that was paid for us. And I want to show us a picture that I actually want to remain on for quite a bit. And Francois can just put that in. And that is the hand of Jesus, as we know. 
And he bled and he died for us so that we could live for him. And every day is that opportunity to share the love, to be the love, to challenge others, to grow others because of what he did. And the beauty of it is that he didn't just die and then tap out and that's the end of Jesus. No. Man, he's alive, seated in the throne. Come on, and our lives matter because of who he made us to be. You see, God made us in his image. We are his sons. We are his daughter. We are his army. We are the hands and feet. And we've got a country that's so, so many problems. And we've got companies that have so many problems. And we've got so many problems in this world. But you're the solution. We always think, ah, somebody else will solve it. No. That's your problem. Go and be the solution. If you're complaining about it, you're only part of it. And that's it. I mean, imagine if, imagine if the disciples were like, after Jesus went, like, oh, okay, that was fun. Three, so, <laughs> I'm just going to go and chill for a bit. Pete, have you got FIFA 18, bro? Come, we're going to jam. No, come on. They were having none of it, man. They were out on the adventure that God had set before them. There's a book written by Mark Batterson. It's called Wild Goose Chase. And it talks about following the Holy Spirit, almost like chasing a wild goose. And it sounds crazy, but you never know where you're going to end up. And if we're obedient to what the Holy Spirit wants to do through you, places can transform. Change completely. And that's part of where the new theme of, of where Hatfield is going on in the next few weeks of the journey, looking at the book of Thessalonians and seeing how the power of the gospel came to Thessalonica and how that changed that place. Paul was there for roughly about three weeks and he preached to the Jews in the synagogue on the Sabbath days. And initially it came from a place of like pagan worship, right? So where things weren't Christian. Okay, the reason why, it's, it's in Greece, okay, so it's under the Roman Empire. And Caesar was obviously ruling in that space. So in that culture and in that context, Caesar was worshipped as a god. So anything that came and that posed a threat to Caesar would want to be outlawed. And as such, there would be persecution on that. And so when the gospel came through Paul, he entered the synagogue and he taught over three weeks, three Sabbaths. And in that three weeks, there were people who joined. You can read this in Thess 1 Thessalonians. Let's actually just quickly go there. In fact, everyone open your devices. To your Bible, not WhatsApp. It's in the New Testament. I'm just going to start reading. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. 
to the church of the Thessalonians, and God the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because of our gospel, came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among, among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Ashia. I don't know if that's a better pronunciation, if that's right. I'll just take it at that. Uh, for not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you, in Macedonia and Ashai. But your faith in God has gone everywhere, gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Jesus delivers us from the wrath to come. I'm wearing this shirt for a reason, faith, hope, and love, because we see that in the Scripture. And I, it begs the question to ask, how am I living out that faith, hope, and love? Because we see from the, the Thessalonian church here that their reputations preceded them into the areas around them. So Paul had come and he had spent that three weeks on average some scholars say more, some etc., etc. But in three weeks, the gospel started there and spread to the neighboring regions. So I've got to ask myself that same question. How is God's word spreading through me and where he has placed me? If, they, if their reputations preceded them and went out into the areas around them, what does that say about their life towards God? It's that they took it seriously, that they labored in their work, their faith, and their love. Hope, faith, and love. It wasn't just a, oh, we'll see how it goes. No, it was a continuous working. How am I going to be loved today? How am I going to be the love of Jesus to somebody who needs it? Often we think that thing to ourselves, uh, Lord, who, who, who must I love today? Isn't that quite a cop-out? Oh, Lord, who must I love? No, nobody. Oh, lack of man. No. No, come on. Love everyone. How you love them is different. If the Lord says to me, go and give Robbie a hug, well, then go and give Robbie a hug. Love you, bro. We know each other just so. <laughs> We're good like that. But here's the thing. God wants to express his love to his body through you. But we need to be in a space where we say, Lord, I'm here for you in order to work your love. It is the continuous working of love. And it doesn't stop. Because when you're in a term of saying faith to flourish, and your reputation is preceding you, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. 
You worship God for who He is and let your life represent Him because of who He is. It's about knowing who we are in Christ, not being defined by our circumstances. And I feel like there's a challenge to us tonight to really step up and to be the body of Christ in a world that so desperately needs it. We've got outreach opportunities through the church with Lena. Get involved. Become part of something that builds the kingdom. Countless opportunities are around us. And what do we do? Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm just a bit busy that day. Oh, I'm just going to go and do some other stuff. No, come on, man. Busyness is an idol that we worship daily. And, and I mean, it's, it's one thing to preach it. Like, I face that daily. I'm constantly wasting my time on silly things that are not profitable for the kingdom. And I need to check myself every day. Lord, this is the life that you have set for me, not my own. I've been crucified with Christ. And it is Christ who lives within me. The life that I live, I now live in faith of the rest of the scripture. I can't remember. Galatians 2.20, if you want that. All right? So that's the thing. It's a life in surrender to Him. But the transformational power of the gospel is dependent on your ability to say, Lord, I'm going to go. I will do this. And the temptation is tomorrow when you wake up to think, oh, it's just another week. Okay, let's see how this goes. No. What if this is the week where all the change happens? And even if you just spend five, ten minutes with God in the morning to say, Lord, what do you want me to do here for your kingdom today? It's all he needs to speak to you. We just need to quiet ourselves to listen to what he has. And there was a question that I heard this afternoon that, or this morning that Jonathan actually posed. Is John a, there we go, you're a legend, bro. And the question was this, can something good come from me to make a change in somebody's life forever? Can something good come from me to make a change in somebody's life forever? And you will be the answer to that. You decide. God knows what the answer is. It's our decision to say, Yes, Lord. And to go in what he's calling you to. And it often sounds so serious. But sometimes it is just those, the labor of love, walking in the joy. If your reputation precedes you, and hopefully in a good way, as what it did through what we can see in Thessalonians, then we see the transformational power of the gospel in action. Paul's life was radically different before. Very different. He was persecuting Christians, killing people. God's like, ooh, well, maybe not this exact words, but like, hmm, yeah, we can use that because he's radical. He's not living in fear. Come on. He creates fear. So here's my question to you. Are you giving the devil fear?
Is he doing everything that he can to stop you? Because you're a threat to God's kingdom, growing the kingdom. Or do we just wake up and say, we'll see how it goes? Because <laughs> then we're not a threat. And I really believe that God is calling us to more. And it's a thing of love. Because he fought for you. He paid the price for you. For me. So that we could live. And if we take our mandate seriously, the answer to that question in changing somebody's forever lies with you and what you will do with it. And I want to finish with a prayer here tonight. And I want you to be earnest when you take this prayer. I was at the Global Leadership Summit uh, just for the last couple of days. Amazing, amazing sessions. And the one session uh, talked about forgiveness. And I was wrecked during that session. I, I Honestly, I didn't feel like there was anything or anyone that I had to forgive. You know, sometimes just that pops to mind and we, we have somebody, oh, I need to forgive Charlie and this person. And the, I didn't feel like there was anything specific to forgive for anybody. But I felt a burden on my heart. And it was a burden on my heart that I need to take seriously. And, and we, we had the opportunity to, to put some paint on your hand and to make a mark on, on a canvas wall. And, and many people did that. When I put that, uh, I felt to make a cross, and I, I put my, dipped my finger in the paint, and I made a cross on that thing. And I just stood there weeping for about five minutes. Because for me, that was a turning point. It was a burden that I'm accountable to God for. Where one day I'm going to answer to him when he asks me, what did you do with that which I gave to you? When I put abandoned kids on your heart, what did you do with it? When I put injustice on your heart, what did you do with it? When I put rape, when I put molestation on your heart, what did you do with it? And don't get me wrong, everyone has a burden. You know what that is. My question is, what are we doing with it? Because it's, it's there for a reason. And we are the solution. So when we step into this prayer now, <laughs> it's no... It's nothing to anybody who says seated. If you honestly feel to sit, then sit. Rather be strong in your integrity about it. But if you want to make a decision to say, you know what, Lord, I'm here for your kingdom to see this kingdom expand. And I will work at it at a daily basis to be the faith, hope, and love that this world needs. Then I'm going to ask you to stand. And if I'm the only one standing, then <laughs> that's okay. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that you have such an amazing heart for this world. That you love the people in this world. 
so much so that you died for us, that we can live for you. And Lord, as you look at every heart who is standing here, Lord, I pray that you would give us the mandate, that by your Spirit you would equip, that you would empower us, that you would unlock the giftings that you have placed inside of us here, and that you would open our eyes to see the broken and to love them with the burden that you have given us. Lord, I pray for opportunities this week, for people who have been who have had the burden for a while but don't know what to do with it. Lord, I pray that those opportunities would open this week right now. Lord, I pray that we'd be moved to action because we know who you are and we know your heart for the lost and for the broken because we were there and your grace carried us. Your grace pulled us out of the mess and you showed your mercy to us, Lord. And we stand here tonight making a decision for you that no longer, Lord, will we live for ourselves, but that we are crucified with you and that we will live by your Spirit daily. And I pray that we'll be reminded every single day that we have a mission, that you have called us to go, that you have called us to spend time to eat with the lost, to pray for the lost, to love the lost, to fight for injustice in this world. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would switch our hearts to action. That when we wake up, we'd have the energy to go and do what you have called us to do. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move in our days like never before. I pray that you would interrupt our schedules. That you would come and have your way with our lives. And that we would turn to you at all times. That our faith, our hope and our love would carry the voice of your kingdom to nations that have not yet seen it. To workspaces that have not yet seen it. Because you love them. You died for them. And we are your body. May we be your hands and feet for your kingdom. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I feel um, just everyone just have a seat. I'll just release the service now. But I felt even in just the preparation um, of tonight's service that that there was somebody who, or, or maybe a few people here who have dreams on their heart, uh, who have been wondering how to how to go about them, what to do with them. And I just feel like the Lord is saying tonight, He wants to blow the winds of, of His life into that thing. And perhaps it's been a dream on the shelf for a long time, but I believe that He's breathing life into that thing tonight. And, and you know, you have stop and go, and then you have that stop thing, and I feel like He's turning that thing around. 
And he's saying tonight, go. Go for it, young man. Go for it, young lady. You have all you need because you have me. I will give you what you need to do what I have called you to do. No longer live in fear, but live in the fullness of who I created you to be. Fantastic. Thank you so, so much. Um, It's a bit of a tender place, but yes, I really believe that the Lord is starting exciting missions, that He's taking us places, and that there will be testimonies, testimonies from tonight and what He's doing, and those dreams that He's opened, that He's planted in your heart. And people's futures will be changed because of what He has done here tonight. And I thank you, Lord, for the blessing of every single person in this book. Thank you. Have a great week ahead. I pray for blessings over you. Go and change the world.